welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show, company on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And um, it's always uh, invigorating for me <clears throat> to connect with my peer group, especially with cats who really got the memo about this really fine line between persevering as a live touring musician, creating art that is true to themselves, and still being able to sing for their supper uh, while connecting with the elders of music. And uh, I get a chance today to speak to somebody who is uh, really a multidimensional character. Uh, he has many yogic practices, um, and, uh, and his main one, along with many of his brethren, brothers and sisters, has been... Uh, taken away from them by this uh, virus uh, and I have uh, noticed some of his um, articulations online and the frustrations that have been brewing because um, you know we can keep walking around and talking about the dysfunction of this country and the reason we've reached sort of this the, this low low point is because uh, the lack of live music um, has the vibration is so low right now. Uh, people are so th dense and dark that uh, it's becoming even not that things were great before, but even now uh, we are you know slouching towards Gomorrah because of the fact we don't have live music, uh, spiritual communal live music. And I'm hoping today to get a chance to talk to my guest about how we move forward because he's somebody that has continued to try to persevere through these historic times. Brian Haas, welcome back to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thanks again for having me, Jake. It's great to hear you, brother. You know, I, I just wanted you to talk to um, the cats out there. There are, people, there are uh, many of our peers and even younger who... You know, they play with older musicians sporadically. It could be through nepotism or just happenstance. But for a lot of people, they like to play with their peers. Um, you are somebody who sought out your elders. Again, you know, this isn't UB Blake and, you know, you know, these cats are gone. But when I think of Singleton, uh, Mike, Dylan, and Johnny V., you know, it's a prolonged, uh, sustained group mentality. And as being the younger cat, I wanted you to talk about how uh, it, it has had an effect on you uh, spiritually uh, and, and, and in terms of your attitude and approach to music as opposed to having a more transient happenstance connection with older cats on the bandstand. You know, you've, you've actually, you're in it to win it with these cats. Yeah, you know, I started in music at a very, very young age and was always really focused on the classical side of being a pianist and the classical side of being a composer. Um, and then my, my little brother Richard, uh, I guess he would have been 15, he went with a group of older kids to a show in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to go see a punk rock jazz band called Billy Goat. And Richard would have been 15. Yeah. So if Richard was 15, then I was I was 19. And it's right as I was starting to get seriously disillusioned with classical music. Um, I'd always been more of an improviser when I won classical competitions. It was generally because I would forget huge swaths of the piece and just <laughs> improvise in the style of the composer. So, I, I mean, I knew I could improvise. Sure. Uh, I was in that funny stage where your whole identity is wrapped up in classical music and your college scholarship, your full ride is wrapped up in classical music and you're trying to find a way out. Well, Richard gets home from the Billy Goat show and is just freaking out. I was a freshman in college at that time and he called me on my dormitory phone line and said, man, the next time this band is in town, you have to go see this band. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Right. You're a kid. <laughs> and the next time Billy Goat came through town, 
uh, Richard again called me, left me a message. He was more connected to the local music scene in some ways. And because I was spending eight to 12 hours a day practicing classical piano, trying to train for the Van Clyburn competition. And, <laughs> right, right. Um, I, get a, I get a message from Richard saying, okay, man, it's two months. It's been two months. Billy goes back. You have to go see this band. So, you know, I was at University of Tulsa. They were playing at Eclipse, which is at the intersection of Sixth and Peoria, just a couple miles away from University of Tulsa. And I show up. Mike Dillon is very front of the stage uh completely naked most of the band is completely naked naked they're naked um they're buck-ass naked oh my i don't and, oh my that's a different okay go ahead that's that's on and, and so you know and and you know just between us and your audience mike dylan's pretty well endowed i was definitely <laughs> terrified walking into a club there's naked there's naked people on stage mike dylan is taking a timbali solo i mean freaking out the whole crowd is bouncing up and down wow um he was in the middle of a billy goat song called i think let's get naked um and my life was forever changed <laughs> i mean i i had never felt so irrelevant as a musician as when i walked into that club as a 19 year old you know the band was beautiful um Zach Baird, I believe, was on Fender Rhodes at that time. JJ Jungle was on bass. I mean, it was just rowdy. It was scary. And immediately I knew I had to make a change in my music. And I started Jacob Fred Jazz Odyssey just a few days after seeing that Billy Goat show. I started Jacob Fred Jazz Odyssey with a bunch of the jazz students there at the University of Tulsa. And I, I, uh, simply started Jacob Fred just to learn how to play jazz, to, just to start to learn a different idiom, to start to learn a different dialect. And Mike Dillon was um, my initial very shocking catalyst to uh, change my musical focus. You you can honestly say, you said the word irrelevant, which sort of um, <clears throat> connotates... Um uh, feeling down or disillusioned, but I mean, wasn't it more about the fact that they were literally <laughs> being themselves? Like you weren't having to yeah. take take cues from the conductor, and you know they they were just on top of being like completely psycho spiritual musicians. They were having a ball. They were letting it all hang out, literally and figuratively, and that's what you really were craving, or that's. It was kind of a, yeah. a road to Damascus for you. Absolutely. Being in the crowd, feeling the crowd's energy. Women were taking their shirts off because, like I said, the song's called Let's Get Naked. Right. I mean, they have a lot of songs related to, you know, like F More, Bitch Less, those kinds of things. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Billy Goat always had a pagan magic. And, <laughs> just, and, 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 and they also always played all originals. That's written right. Written by the band. Yes. So immediately... Even though I was a double major in composition, I was, you know, and I still compose um, pretty constantly to this day. It, I just felt like the music I was focused on, it just suddenly seemed like a museum piece to be in there, in the crowd. Mike Dillon, I mean, even at that time, was, you know, playing at a very, very high level. I'd never... I was right up front. His timbales were hurting my ears, hurting my corneas, hurting my soul. <laughs> and I and, and I left there just knowing, like, okay, I got to do this. I'm scared to do it. I'm scared to quit classical music, but I have to do it right now. I have to do it, you know. So Mikey has been a huge influence in my life uh, from the age of 19 on. I mean, I was always very scared of him in a lot of ways. I finally worked up the courage in 96 Jacob Fred had a show at the bottleneck in Lawrence Kansas and we knew that the Malachi Papers one of Mike Dillon's more experimental trios was playing in Kansas City at a place called Davies Uptown we knew they were playing late so we worked up the courage and we drove over really quickly showed up um, just in time to see Mike Dillon uh, and the drummer Arnie Young get into a physical altercation on stage or throwing cymbals at each other, screaming at each other. Um, <laughs> Holy you know, which cow, only dude. Further, oh. Which only further cemented my fear of him, but I worked up the courage, walked up to the stage, and I said, hey, Mike Dillon, 
my name's Brian Hahn. I play with Jacob Fred Jazz Odyssey. And he says, oh, hey, what's up, pal? You guys really play jazz? I see your posters everywhere. Oh. And and I was like, uh, well, I, we kind of play jazz. I don't know. And, you know, he just kind of shook my hand and then went on with the screaming match with Arnie Young, the drummer <laughs> who we also play with. But, um, you know, during those days, Jacob Fred Jazz Odyssey was playing constantly. Mike's bands were playing constantly. And uh, we were based around Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Mike Dillon was always based around Kansas City, Missouri, Dallas, Texas. So we were constantly in each other's uh, circles. And it wasn't long after that that Jacob Fred started playing New Orleans, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine times a year. Right. We'd go down for Jazz Fest and do 14 shows. And and uh, that's how I became very close with Johnny Vidakovich and James Singleton. So I've uh, been very lucky just through touring. You're able to find close proximity with a lot of very like-minded people. And I've been playing with these guys on and off uh, since the late 90s. I mean, Mikey and I started playing together in 97. And first time I heard James Singleton and Johnny Vidakovich would have been at the Maple Leaf in about 99. And was lucky enough to start playing with James and Johnny in the early 2000s. So, I mean, you are, it's so... Man, I wish everybody was had your attitude, man. I, I um, and the ability to articulate. I mean, you were like twenty years ahead of. I don't know. I, you were on the cusp again. Thank, thankfully, your younger brother hit me to Billy Goat. This might never have happened. But the thing is, um, Richard was always Richard was always a huge influence. Um, yeah, he still is. He's got incredible ears, incredible spirit. You know, well, he Richard he knew was, what he he knew what he was seeing with Billy Goat was absolutely unprecedented yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the, but is there? I just there are so many. Uh, you know, when I see you play with those guys, um, you know, there's like a smile on your face. It's it's like almost like uh, like you're you're contributing to the whole. You know. Uh, but as far as an, I mean, I've done so many interviews with, with Johnny about um, trying to put a book together with him, and I just am like stunned at how. Well, obviously the history is incredible, but can you just talk about how the essence of those guys, because they were connected to the, the original blues masters of New Orleans and guys like David Lee and and you know Earl King and. Earl Turbington and you know and 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 Dizzy, I mean they're part of that lineage and and well, I just James Booker you know I mean yeah. Johnny and James were a very important part of James Booker's that's right dialect I mean you know it's one one thing within jazz and within any musical genre you know all of us are in a constant state of hopefully creating our own dialect, our own idiom, our own language within this incredible art form that's so steeped in tradition. And I mean, my God, I mean, if, it, if, it's, if it's New Orleans tradition that you want to understand and rub up against and be humbled by, Johnny Vidakovich and James Singleton are the rhythm section that will accomplish that goal for you. I mean, their ears are so massive and uncompromising. <laughs> Just being on stage with Vidakovich and Singleton, man, just doing it a couple times, oh. I mean, it'll change your life. It'll change your life forever. I, 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 I got chills right now, dude. I, I mean, I, what in your mind, looking back on it, even though Johnny... <laughs> has not been part of the the Nola Tet quartet on these gigs that I've seen you you know it's been you primarily you Mikey and and James like for well and then we're lucky enough we're lucky enough that Johnny's sub in New Orleans is Stanton Moore well I mean you're you know again a, a so, total freak you I know mean, I mean a musical freak of nature we're, com we're completely still we're completely still with Stanton on drums 
you're you're still bouncing off and mirroring this incredible tradition that is Johnny Vidakovich. You know, and the last time I was there, I, I wasn't able to go play with Johnny, but I did go sit on his front porch uh, with him for about an hour. And, you know, I filmed a lot of videos of Johnny talking on his porch and dancing and talking to me. Hey, Hot, what's going on inside you? Hey, Hot, what's going on with the music inside you right now, Hot? Why are you in New Orleans right now, Hot? What are you doing? I love it. He's dancing around. I'm filming him. And you know what? Everything he said to me that when I was just there a few weeks ago, Everything he said to me was so sacred and intense. I didn't even, couldn't even post any of it, couldn't even share any of it. It's all private. It's all top secret information, straight from the maestro, just for me. Nobody will ever see that stuff. Yeah, you know what? I think that's a smart thing because uh, when something's sacred, I I learned the, you learn the hard way when you, uh, if you don't adhere to the sacredness of it, you keep that under wraps. It's never to be heard. Yeah, it's secret, right? Absolutely. I, 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 and I applaud you for doing that because, but I, I think this question is this, how have those, how has their philosophy and their ability, their, their, their qualities of like, to me, maybe not so much Mikey, but I mean, they've all kind of been through, they've all been through a lot of adversity, but how have, how has their perspective on life and music helped you during this time? Obviously, you guys still are horny to play, and you play a lot, but a lot of younger cats, people that you've played with, they don't have that apper- They don't have that kind of lineage. I mean, you're, you're marinating in this stuff, and like you said, in this very dark time, how has, it, how have, how has that sort of... Well, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, because even just Johnny dancing around on the porch and talking to me when I left there, I went straight over to Singleton's house and right. practiced piano. I mean, yeah. I mean... The, so what you learn, because Michael, Dylan, James Singleton, Johnny Vidakovich, all three of these men have been lifelong heroes of mine, and they've all been through incredible adversity. They've all three of them battled serious addiction, um, serious mental health questions in their lives brought on by addiction. And, and what I've learned from all three of them is Keep it simple. Focus every day on those simple, simple things. Sitting at the piano, being at the piano, C major scale slowly, back straight, attention to detail, open ears. Make sure as often as possible you put pencil to paper. Write these things down. I mean, the main thing you learn from all three of those three of those maestros is you learn it's about daily baby steps you just want to get old with this music do whatever you can take care of your health your mental health your spiritual health your emotional health get exercise singleton wakes up every day and does 20 minutes of yoga no matter how dirty our hotel room floor is (laughs) he practices practices trumpets he practiced trumpet, Singleton practiced trumpet, 15 minutes right after that. Then he practices upright bass, 30 minutes right after that. He starts his day off with that intensity of intention of that true focus. Who am I? What am I? Where am I? I'm this singular thing. I am a musician. I'm going to get a tiny bit better every day. Let the universe take care of the rest. Huh. Talking to Brian Haas here on the Jake Feinberg Show. Um, really beautiful to, to reconnect with him. Um, I, you know, I'm very <laughs> conflicted, man. I, um, I just wanted, the floor is yours. I, I, in your world, if somebody said, okay, you know, forget, uh, you know, we, we need your, your guidance and fearlessness um, in order to bring back communal, spiritual music and I'm not trying to be naive here but is there a a way because we live in a very um it's woke culture maybe or I mean I'm not trying to I don't believe the virus is a hoax I lost a dear friend 
uh, to it. Uh, and yet I also, I see all these other industries, uh, sports, uh, airlines, uh, the list goes on and on. Everything's come back. Walmart. 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 <laughs> Walmart. Star, I mean, whatever, like all this stuff is back in some, yeah. in some modified form. And again, I'm not going to Walmart to get off spiritually on music, but in a the setting that we know at the Howlin' Wolf or the Maple Leaf or <coughs> whatever, if somebody was looking to Brian Haas for guidance, how can we create at least a modified, sustainable, live musical situation in this time? Because I don't think we're ever, if we're looking to get back to some kind of level of whatever normalcy was before it's not going to be there and part of it is psychological it's all psychological you know i i have no problem wearing a mask but but i want to be up at the front of the stage seeing the facial expressions getting hit with the sweat but also just feeling the the vibration and dancing and all of this stuff seems to have been to a certain degree well, to a to the biggest degree, curtailed, and I'm just I wanted you to talk a little bit about the steps that people need to take psychologically, physically, and you know, in the real time, how to how we can get back to some kind of a modicum of 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 rational uh, live music continuum, because it it just we're not, you know, to me it's 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 been very harmful. I can't imagine what it what it feels like for someone like that's part of your yoga every day. But for me, it's been very... Uh, I haven't been able to heal, you know? Well, you know, people don't get shamed for flying on airplanes. People don't get shamed for going to Walmart and right. buying a bunch of mediocre stuff, you know? I mean, and, and doing their day-to-day. People don't get shamed for going to their grocery store and buying their groceries. People don't get shamed for engaging in the majority of your day-to-day societal aspects. Uh, but for some reason, people are getting shamed for going to musical events, playing music, etc. A friend of mine was just doing some shows down in Texas, in Terlingua, Texas, a uh, wonderful musician and provocateur Bill Palmer and oh, somebody posted yeah. somebody posted on his uh, on his uh, photo of him playing at the Starlight Theater in Terlingua some ex-club owner of some club here in Santa Fe posted real musicians stay home and this is idiotic um just like you can keep every other seat open in an airplane and ask people to take responsibility for their health, you can do the same thing in a rock and roll club or a jazz club. You can ask for people to take personal responsibility uh, for their health. Um, for some reason, the public health, quote, experts aren't encouraging people to stay away from fast food take supplements absolutely you're nailing exercise. this dude. you're na- i mean what's- get, get get daily exercise take some vitamin c take some probiotics avoid toxic chemicals in your food go to the grocery store i mean man even walmart sells organic produce and organic products at this point like none of these public health experts are encouraging people to take individual responsibility for their health in regard to these aspects of society like music clubs going to concerts um, going to museums going to art galleries Uh, for some reason all the aspects of culture are just immediately deemed too risky well but the airlines have never stopped flying walmart hasn't been closed one day so what is risk i think the risk that the powers that be and these so-called public health health officials are worried about i think they're concerned uh about what happens at cultural events people come together and their immune systems are uplifted they share ideas people engage people engage in dialogue 
and learn things from other people when they go to a musical event or a musical show. I don't think it's a coincidence or an accident that musicians are suddenly considered to have the most dangerous job on earth. I think it's part of the systematic destruction of art and culture in America that doesn't fit in with the uh, one-sided, one-dimensional brainwashed oligarchy. I think uh, I just I want I, I mean you're 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 okay. So that's what I was going to say is that this is kind of a convoluted thing, but I think you can talk about it because you were already road dogging it in '99. I mean, this sig- I've been road dogging it. I've been road dogging it since '94. I mean, right? No, what I'm how is the significance? How fundamentally, a lot of cats say that after 9/11, uh, the music, the road touring circuit, especially, changed drastically. And then on top of that, the significance of music. Th- th- this is pathetic. That 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 musicians make more on unemployment than they do if they were playing gigs in a place like like uh in certain cities and so i agree with you it's it's the idea that music now is seen as a multitasking thing or it's made for pacification it's not made to think critically or to have out-of-body experiences or to be healed and it's it's very upsetting to me because that's that's why i've been yeah that's why i've been spending so much time in new orleans and you know the last tour was all based around New Orleans and Austin, Texas, and Lafayette. I mean, you have to get off your ass and get in the car, and you got to go drive to places where people truly understand why music is necessary. I'm, I'm not going to go drive to some place where I have to explain to them why it's necessary. I mean, when the weather was warm, we were having incredible outdoor shows in Kansas City, Missouri. You'd put together just a light text list of maybe five to 10 people. And you'd have, you know, 50 people show up to hear you play on a porch just because there is a segment of society that is willing to take personal responsibility for their health. And those people should be allowed to go to music clubs. If they want to go to music clubs, take some supplements, eat some clean food, put on a mask, and go to a club. Absolutely. The, I mean, I mean, pay attention to seventh grade biology. <laughs> Viruses don't thrive any more in a jazz club than they do in a Walmart. Whoever is coming up with this model, it's a group of people who consider culture and art and day-to-day magic to be negligible. You know? Well, the, let's the be honest, Haas. I mean, that, here's model. the other part. I mean, the uh, the other the other issue is that you know uh scientists we live in this data driven time uh, people are obsessed with data music is completely unquantifiable in terms of its healing capacity so these cats that are stuck in the labs that are making these public safety guidelines uh are they cannot they're obsessed with with data but you can't quantify that. Also, the most quote, susceptible part of the population is the older part of the population. And they are the ones, most of the wealth is consumed at the top and they don't prioritize the need. And here's the bottom line. I mean, the status quo isn't working across the board. We're, <laughs> we, we literally saw uh, the dissolute, I mean, the desecration of our capital by a mob of, of, you know, insane zombies. And yet the most, the things that'll heal us the most, people seem to be the most adverse to because they don't real in some ways they don't want to solve the problems. And I, so I've, I've read your stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I guess, uh, do you feel, do you you feel, let's keep it rational, let's keep it rational and simple. Everybody's constantly screaming science, 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 science. Well, my first question is, who paid for your science, and what are their motives? Let's follow the money behind this entire PR campaign, and let's see who paid for your science and what their motives are. I mean, just two or three years ago, Bill Gates, all smug, is giving everybody his 10 favorite books on earth in some little silly little YouTube video that's very easy to find. 
One of his favorite books that he encourages everybody to read is called How to Lie with Statistics. Right. And I'm not going to say anything else past that. Anybody who really cares about finding the truth out, don't believe me. Just go do five to ten minutes of research on your own outside of MSNBC, outside of CNN, outside of Fox News. I mean, there's only six media moguls left on the entire planet. Six people on this planet are controlling all the information that we're getting. So if that's okay with you, then have fun. I don't care. But if you want to know what's really going on, take the time to sit in the sun and meditate and maybe look deeper into this thing other than just what you're being spoon-fed through mass media. My question is, if you're not questioning the common narrative, why not? You were six months ago. You were six years ago. Why would all these humans stop questioning the common narrative just because they're scared? In fact, being terrified and being susceptible to constant fear programming should help the populace go, hey, wait, hold on. I'd like to question this. Absolutely. No, everybody's just lining up. Right? Well, it's the brain. It's the brain. Up. It's the brainwashing, like you said. It's the brain. I mean, and, and yeah, that, well, it, I mean, fear is the mind killer. To quote Frank Herbert in the great science fiction book Dune, like fear is the mind killer. If you get scared enough, your mind, your brain, your heart, your soul stops working, and you become an automaton. Hey, if that's what you want, more have fun. But I'm a music fan, and I'm a musician. So I'm going to continue to question a common narrative that says that I suddenly have the most dangerous job on earth. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Um, let me ask you a question. Like these uh, sort of indigenous concerts that sprung up in the Midwest, uh, you know, um, were there mandates as related to um, – like uh, so we've been we've been mostly playing outside. Okay, so be, and yeah, I still I've still lost friends and been publicly shamed through social media, through email, through text messages for playing outdoor shows, and and I'm simply not going to stop doing it. Please don't, uh, I do it. I will. I, I dude, let me. I'm going to go after those. I, I am, you know, uh, go ahead. It's just playing outdoors is it's safe um there's a ton of research that shows uh that viral transmission is not happening outdoors in fact in around august forbes magazine consolidated three different government studies you can find it in forbes very easily use your google uh studies from the uk from the netherlands and from singapore from singapore that show that outdoor transmission simply not happening um, you would have to be standing on somebody's toes, spitting in their mouth, pretty much. So I, I feel good about playing outdoors. And again, it comes down to personal responsibility. Uh, if you're scared, stay home. But don't shame people who want to play music outdoors. And don't shame your friends and family who want to go hear and see and be a part of outdoor shows. I mean, when I was in New Orleans, we played outside at Tipitina's with Stanton, with Enola Tet ton of people showed up on the island they were all being responsible they were taking personal responsibility for their health all right the only non-essential workers that i see are the governors and the mayors who are enforcing these draconian mandates that's non-essential work politicians are politicians because they simply don't know how to do anything else so let the rest of us work and play in a responsible intelligent manner um what how to do you feel like um i mean looking at it from the point of view of you just want to get off and play spiritual music is it are we going to be resigned to certain sections of the country who are not in this fear-based situation or not entwined with fear so much uh is that the future of of live music in the in the in this year coming up in the sense that there's just certain areas Absolutely. that 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 are going to be more conducive to that than others based on uh, mask mandates and sort of 
the ability to not live in fear. Or it's rather, personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Yeah, it's personal responsibility. I mean, fear lowers the immune system. <laughs> I mean, yeah. some of these concepts are so simple and so based in seventh grade biology. I'm at the point where I say, brothers and sisters, I love you. Figure it out. Make your own decision. Now, I live in a state, New Mexico, where any gathering over five people is a even outdoors is a finable offense so i know a lot of artists and musicians who have permanently moved away from new mexico i can certainly see why they have right um and in new mexico suicide has been a huge problem mental health has been a huge problem um and again i'm not a virus denier i'm just an appreciator of true science not fear-based science not big pharma science that clearly has an agenda i'm a fan of real science and real science takes time and effort and years all right um there's still no publicly accessible data in regard to these vaccines. All the news channels are getting all of their information from corporate press releases that come directly from Merck and Pfizer. So if you're so into science, let's look at some publicly accessible data and not just corporate press releases. So what it's going to come down to is just as a musician, you have to focus on your family, on your peer group. Uh, you have to focus on cities where music has always thrived and will continue to thrive. So that's why I've been spending a lot of time in Kansas City, Missouri, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma, because uh, I'm originally from Oklahoma. And as you know, red states are way more laid back about playing clubs. I've been playing indoors in Oklahoma. Um, you know, I asked for my you know, for my fans, I say, can you please keep the doors open, keep some windows open? People are going to be responsible. They're going to wear masks. But then you have to focus on the music cities like Austin and New Orleans, where people absolutely cannot live without music. I mean, some of the porch shows I've done in New Orleans, I mean, they are advertised the day before. And there's 50 to 70 people showing up. Everybody's tipping 10 to $30. You're walking away with more money than you would if you were playing a club. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm just, I'm just staying optimistic. No, you know what, Haas? I just, I want to... people to hear this. I want people to be inspired, <clears throat> you know, because this is not about, I mean, I, 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 I do feel like the one thing I wanted to, I know you got to, I know you got to hop, but I, I just, I, I mean, we live in a, such a litigious society now. And so it seems to me that liability is what's freaking out a lot of people that somehow everybody could, you know, if somebody gets sick, oh my, you know, they're going to get sued for, you know, the fact that they, I, I mean, how, how can you talk to people around the country who um, are paralyzed uh, into like, Giving them the idea. Well, are you familiar? Are you familiar with Joe Rogan's comedy club model that he's doing in Austin, Texas? I'm not. No. Okay, so he's been doing it at Stubbs. You show up an hour early. You get a rapid COVID test. Uh, the only people that are allowed into the club are people who test negative for COVID and who aren't exhibiting any symptoms and who are not exhibiting any temperature. So you show up an hour to an hour and a half early to go hear Joe Rogan's comedies or Dave Chappelle's comedies. He's been doing it with Dave. Show up an hour to an hour and a half early. You get tested. You put on your mask. You go to the club. You enjoy a few drinks. You enjoy the comedy show. They've got the table spaced out, and it's a model created by Joe Rogan himself. So if you can do it at comedy clubs, and you know, and Joe and Dave obviously have more money than Johnny and James. But if you can pull it off of comedy clubs in Austin, Texas, you can pull it off everywhere. You just have to make the decision that music is imperative. 
Comedy is good for the immune system. Music's good for the immune system. Being around other people is excellent for the immune system. Taking responsibility for your health, taking some supplements, eating some clean organic food. I mean, I don't hear any public health officials saying that. What I hear them saying is be scared, stay home, don't leave your house. Hiding in your house is not good for your immune system, all right? not even completely how viruses work how this virus is working is still up in the air we still don't know i mean you were talking about liability earlier we can talk a little bit about liability um you know one of the biggest health providers quotes in california is uh, kaiser permanente well some interesting news that nobody's talking about is that uh currently possibly the majority but many many thousands of doctors and nurses within the kaiser permanente healthcare system are refusing to take the vaccine and kaiser permanente isn't making them why because of liability they don't want to get sued for forcing their doctors and nurses to take a completely untested vaccine so there's some science for you that nobody's talking about. That's right. Everybody's screaming about yeah. everybody's screaming about science. Nobody's paying any attention to the real science that's happening right under our noses. I think that's a pretty powerful statement that maybe could be on CNN or MSNBC. Of course, it won't be that one of America's largest healthcare providers isn't even mandating that their doctors and nurses take this vaccine because they're concerned about the long-term side effects and they don't want to get sued. Nobody's talking about that liability. Everybody's talking about the liability of eating in a restaurant, which is shown by most governments' research to be a possible 1% to 5% spread vector. I mean, it's, it's nonsensical, Jake. The science that's being pushed is not well-balanced science, you know. And I'm a jazz pianist. I'm not a scientist, but I have a college degree, and I made straight A's all the way through. I mean, the science that they're asking us to understand is not difficult science it's pretty easy science that we all have been through whilst we were in school college whatever it might be and if you can understand the simplicity of this science and how the powers that be have definitely read bill gates top five favorite books how to lie with statistics i mean you start to see more what's going on why is this industry okay to continue functioning but this industry is extremely dangerous it's not common sense, Jake. You know, you're, you're, I mean, th- th- this is like. Anyway, can we can we do uh, another set maybe in the next couple of weeks? I just I'm trying to. I feel like you're one of the voices of uh, I mean of reason that because I I feel like what you just said there uh, is essentially that they that they want us to believe. Uh, you know what they want us to believe, not what the actual common sense science uh, would be. Uh, you know, I, I just you know what it is. I also understand that the thing that we're fighting is, yeah, Dickie Betts and and the Greg Allman band or Steve Miller. Yeah, they they're big names and they can they can play big venues and stuff. But what about the creatives? What about the cats like you know that 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 are you know what's what's going to be left of the community of the independent music venues and what's going to be left for compensation for you know just creative musicians who are trying to create organic new vocabulary i mean as far as 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 long as i have the mic you know here i i uh i'm going to do everything i can to sustain that i also feel like blood sweat and tears post david clayton thomas they did a song called are you satisfied and there's a line there like you know when you're 64 they're going to be digging your grave at the time in 1973 that was the average lifespan the majority of the people that are being affected most directly by this are older people that would never have been living 40 years ago and there's so there's a lot of emotion related to that there's a lot of trauma related to that there's no closure with that which is heightening people's fear. I think that's part of the, and that's not an excuse. It's just I think it's playing into the issue, uh, and it's and it's clouding our ability to actually use, to allow people to use good judgment. And of course, there are these other people, 
like anti-maskers and people that are you know that that don't care and i think that so there's a lot going on man i just i i and i appreciate your bravado and your and you know your your clarity and and uh and i just want this issue to be to draw more attention because it does seem like for some reason it's the only industry that hasn't come back in some way shape or they can put 35 percent of the people in uh in cleveland brown stadium for an nfl football game I mean, they, yep. you know, I mean, that's because it's a billion dollar industry. Again, that goes back to that's right. is that what is the significance of music in our culture? Anyway, we'll we'll pick it up soon, man. It was it was. Uh, and, and again, yeah. the answer the answer to that question. Yeah. Personal responsibility. If people really love music and people really believe in music, prove it. Don't prove it to me. Prove it to yourself. Act in a way that furthers music on this planet if you really think music is important personal responsibility prove it don't live in fear right personal responsibility is your choice if you want to live in fear that's your choice i choose to be fearless and i'm going to continue to live like that i'm going to continue to spread my music like that i take care of my personal health chinese government just released a study last month they studied 10 million 10 million positive corona tests. You know what they saw? Zero asymptomatic spread. Zero. That's a real number. That's an easy study to look up. Our press will never report on it. Never. Never. If you're sick, if you're sick, stay home. That's called personal responsibility. If you're sick, don't go listen to me play in New Orleans and rub shoulders with people. If you're healthy, enjoy your life. Get some sunshine. Be the fearless avatar you were born to be. Don't hide in your house and stare at your phone and the television. You're not going to get any true information that way. Brian Haas, it, thank you for inspiring me, bro. I I hope to see you on the bandstand real soon, bro. Let me know when uh, when you guys are hitting. Come the on, to, come on, come on down to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. I'm about to do seven to nine outdoor shows in New Orleans, and then. Uh, three to four outdoor shows in Austin, Texas with Nikki Gillespie. Unbelievable. You know, and th- wow. th- the last time I saw Nikki Gillespie, one of my favorite drummers on earth, one of my favorite humans on earth. Absolutely. Every time she sits behind that drum kit, full blown spiritual shamanism, just exploding out of that woman. Oh, I love it. You know, I saw, I saw her in Austin and I was just standing there staring at her. She said, get over here and hug me. I gave her the biggest hug. She stepped back from me. She looked me right in the eye and she said, this is a systematic destruction of art that they've wanted for a very long time. She said, amen, sister. <sighs> That's chilling, bro. All right, let, let's, uh, let's, let's do another episode soon, man. Uh, much love to you, brother. Stay the course. Hey man, thanks for, thanks for doing what you're doing. Thank you for believing in music, man. Thank God for you. <laughs> Absolutely. And by the way, I just want to be clear. You also are saying to your brethren, prove it to yourself. You think that there are musicians living in fear. Absolutely. Yeah. What I'm in, what I'm asking for isn't rocket science. I'm asking people to use common sense instead of screaming science. Use science in real time in your real life. And like Mike Dillon just texted me two days ago, the sword of discernment has never been more important than it is now. Absolutely. Use the sword. Use the sword of discernment. Make your own choices, your own decisions. Don't just go along with this new groupthink, this strange bandwagon that's going to lead to all of us being on welfare. All right? Don't 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 just hop on the bandwagon because that's what CNN says, and they hate the same guy that you hate. Don't just jump on the bandwagon because that's what Rachel Maddow says, and she hates the same guy that you hate. <laughs> you still have to use discernment. Just because you're happy that somebody is out of office, it doesn't mean that you believe everything that's coming from those talking heads. Absolutely, you dude. Still, you're, I mean, you, you yeah. still. You still keep the sword of discernment active and in your hands, actively working. You don't, you don't.
scream science, 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 and then just believe everything that this weaponized big pharma science tells you to believe. Since, since when did big pharma care about you? Oh, they just started in the last six months. They've been lying to you for your entire life, but now you believe big pharma? Now you believe corporate media? No. Keep the sword of discernment active and ready. You are in control of figuring out this science. Don't just take it from the powers that be because they have an agenda, all right? Period. Wow. Dude, I'm on fire right now, dude. Uh, Thank you, brother. Uh, Keep going, man. I love it. You know what? I don't just believe in the music. It's salvation. And quite honestly, uh, it's the most natural way to heal. And, uh, and I, I'll be willing, I just want to wear a mask and get up in front of the bandstand and dance, man. That's it. Um, and, I, and, it, I, and I want to hear original. We do a ton of outdoor shows in, in New Orleans, and people in New Orleans are super sweet and super smart, and most of them are wearing masks outdoors. I'm coming to Mardi Gras. No, I'm coming to Mardi Gras, dude. Cool. Yeah. We're there playing like the first through the tenth. I head to Austin on the eleventh to play with Nikki Glassby and Helen Jolay and keep, keep the thing going. We're going to do Fat Tuesday in Austin, Texas this year. So yeah, New Orleans. I miss New Orleans. I got to get back. I'm going to. I'm coming, man. Thank you so much for the inspiration, bro. Keep going, man. Hey, so much love to you, brother. Yeah, right, yeah. Be good. Be safe. Be cool, man. And uh, thank you for the wisdom. Peace. Talk, talk yeah. to you soon. Later. Uh, that was so great to hear from a, uh, you know, yeah, he's not a scientist, okay? Uh, he doesn't, uh, he's not part of Big Pharma. He's a guy who heals on the bandstand. And uh, I think if we had more faith in people to take personal responsibility for themselves, we might be farther down the, the road towards uh, spiritual communal music in a lot more places than we're seeing. But we have to set the example uh, you know, even for me, I have to get over it myself. And uh, after conversations like that, I feel better, and I know I will. Thank you to my two guests today, Dr. Catherine Elizabeth and Brian Haas. And uh, this is the Jake Feinberg Show. We'll see you later.